We are back, baby. We are back. That's we right. are back. You are looking live. We get after it. You know, we jabber jaw. We go tit for tat. We have our little differences. Let's get funky like a monkey. And here we go. Hello and welcome to the Moose and Roots Podcast. This is episode 218 of the pod. Alongside Matt Rooney, I am Joe Moose. So plenty to get to today. Uh, a lot of fun things happening. It's been a little while since we've uh, convened here. Some personal stuff to deal with last week. So thank you for your patience uh, to the Moose and Maroons uh, faithful here. Uh, but we do have to talk uh, a few days removed here from it. But got to talk to Field of Dreams. Uh, we do have a, uh, a star-studded affair here, Matt. If you want to tell us I, more about uh, little, little treat they got coming here. I, I was I was able to go through some back channels and book a very very special guest. It was it was probably the toughest guest I've ever had to book, Joe. Um, wow, so that's uh, it's tease. How about how about that? A, it's tease. It's a deep tease. Uh, We'll have a on-site Field of Dreams uh, wrap-up takeaway segment coming your way here in just a few minutes. Um, and then we will obviously get to some pressing issues with the Bears and the White Sox. Uh, Bears dealing with a little bit of an injury bug here. Tevin Jenkins going to have uh, back surgery, the second-round pick that was slated to start at left tackle. But now uh, that makes sense of the move, uh, getting the big dog from Philly uh, uh, a few Jason days Peters. ago. So, Jason Peters. Yeah. Jason Peters uh, likely will be in that role now, and hopefully he can stay healthy, which has been an issue in the past. But not going to go too crazy. Not going to go down that uh, that road too deep. Uh, Justin Fields is getting the day off as well, just with some uh, overuse, maybe a little bit of growth. Um, but we will talk about the good that we saw in week one of the preseason. But, Matt, I think uh, without further ado, let, let's dive into this uh, interview. Let's, uh, let's get some Field of Dreams talk. Let's do it. Is, is this heaven? Iowa. This is the most difficult guest I think I've ever had to book. I'd like to welcome on uh, White Sox in-game host, MC, and girlfriend of the pod, Alyssa Bergman. Uh, we're we're bringing Alyssa on to, to, talk, to talk some Field of Dreams game. White Sox-Yankees. Joe is laughing in the background if you can't hear him because he likes to see me squirm. Alyssa, how are you doing this morning? It's a beautiful apartment. Well, it- you can see. It only took a year and a half for me to be on this podcast. I feel like I yeah. asked you here and there. And you're like, you know what? When the timing is right, we'll have you on. And I feel like this is a good time to have me on. I told you. Only, I only kept my promise. You go to Dyersville, Iowa to get on the podcast. But that's a good point. But by, by Matt saying when the timing's right, he's yes. he was literally saying to you, you need to bring me value. That's executive producer, yes. Matt. That, that's, not, that's not boyfriend, Matt. Yeah. So, um, he's I, not wrong. Know, I'll but, give him uh, that. Honestly, honestly, we could have had we could have had a White Sox insider uh, label here as well for Alyssa. But Alyssa, thank you for jumping on. I know I usually do the uh, the intros here for the Moose and Roots listeners. I just really that was for me making Matt uh, making Matt do that intro. That was more for me and for you guys, the listeners, than anything. <laughs> I think but, I crushed uh, it. That, that was fantastic. That was a good one, Matt. I, I, I saw you earlier this morning writing it out, so I know you practiced it. Yeah, I was at the counter oh, yeah. and writing. Uh-huh. I was reading off a post-it note. Yeah. It was beautiful. Yeah, that was that uh, went off prompter there a little bit and uh, got creative with it. But uh, no, we can't thank you enough, Alyssa, for being on here. And uh, hopefully, we can have you on here a bunch here throughout the playoffs as this White Sox team makes yeah serious push yet things because uh, nobody knows the team, nobody's closer to the team than you are. But uh, we do want to kind of focus today on that experience uh, in Dyersville, Iowa. Everybody knows what we saw. Everybody knows the theater that ensued and the moments that kind of just panned out in front of us and what a beautiful day it was from start to finish, uh, especially for White Sox fans. But my question to you, and we talked a little bit before the pod here was, you know, what did we not see? What did we not experience? What was it like being there? Because, you know, that's a, that's a pretty special thing that you get to always, me and Matt, we always talk about the games that we've been at, whether it was uh, game five against the Predators, whether it was some of the big right. uh, Detroit matchups, whether it was the Mike Brown interception that I always go back to. This is one that you're going to go back to for the rest of your life. I was at the Field of Dreams game that night with 8,000 other people. What was that experience like there? I mean, it's been a week and I am still on such a high from it. The day after the game, I was almost <laughs> just so, I was so sad it was over because it was it was a once in a lifetime ex- experience and um, I insider scoop too. I wasn't even going to the game until 
Tuesday, so two days before the game, I was originally, Matt has heard the story 10,000 times. I was originally going to work it with Fox Sports. I worked some freelancing gigs with them and um, I reached out to them. And I was like, hey, like I am a University of Iowa grad. I work with the White Sox. I would love to work, you know, as a production runner for the Field of Dreams game. And they were like, oh, of course, we'll get you on. Then they asked me how many miles I am from the stadium. Now, this is Dyersville, Iowa. So in the middle of nowhere, and I was I was honest and I said, I'm 244 miles from the stadium. (laughs) And they were like, I'm so sorry, but we cannot accommodate that for you. And again, this is like a lower level, just side hustle job I have. And I, I kept responding back. I was like, I will drive on my own dime. You don't have to. I'll get my own hotel. Like I was about to just do this game for free at this point. Get me in the building. So yeah, that's all I really wanted. And um, I wanted to, you know, work the whole, I like the production setup of, and everything. So that, you know, I was excited and I was so disappointed. I was like, what the hell? And then I found out through White Sox that they also requested me to be the MC for the game, but Fox already had someone set up. So that was another just, you know, Blow to the head. I was like, all right, well, I'm just not going. And then she Tuesday, probably did a Tuesday. terrible job. That MC was probably awful. <laughs> yeah, no. He Low was, energy. Um, not not he my was, MC. Yeah, he, you know, he was not a true White Sox nor Yankees fan. I don't know. It was I don't know, James was, Earl Jones, but no. <laughs> seriously. Yeah. I don't know where they got this guy from. But, anyways, um, so then Tuesday before the game, I had an old coworker reach out and he was like, would you like to go to the Field of Dreams game? Can you get to Dyersville, Iowa? And I think I talked to Matt like an hour after he, this uh, friend of mine asked me, and he's like, yeah, you, I mean, you have to go. Like my mom was like, you have to go. She's like, this is your wheelhouse. Like you cannot miss this. So fast forward to Thursday, get in my car, 11 a.m., drive to beautiful Galena, Illinois. Um, I I drove so fast. I I don't think I even stopped. I was like. Got to stop you. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. On, on the yeah, okay. podcast, we're very food driven here. Give us a rundown <laughs> of the road trip snack. What was the road trip mm. snack? Oh, I, you have I was good or again, were you just like a, 10 and 2, I 95 took, miles an hour on 80? I took a Claritin D. I got a venti iced coffee from Starbucks. I was like, sh- like, Holding the wheel, just shaking. That'll get you to Iowa City in two hours. I think of uh, like a protein bar. So then get to Galena and then I'm with three other people and we go to Culver's. I get like a diet Coke or something like that. So again, I'm just like pumped up on caffeine. I, I had a few fries. <laughs> I didn't even care about food. I was like, I just need to get to this. Field of Dreams movie site slash game. So then we That's leave around. Different. Yeah. <laughs> we leave around 3 p.m. It takes an hour uh, to get from Galena to Dyersville. So as you're entering the Field of Dreams, there's just like one dirt road that gets you into this massive parking lot. And that kind of took some time, I would say like 30 mm-hmm. minutes, but it really, really wasn't bad. Like parking at Guaranteed Rate Field is worse these days. So get into the parking lot. They don't care that you have a parking pass. We're like, hey, we have this parking pass that we tried so hard to get. And they were like, yeah, you don't need to show us that. It's fine. Gotta so love then, Iowa. Yeah, gotta <laughs> love Iowa. Had a few drinks in the parking lot. I tried to find Reed Rooney. And I was doing a terrible job of explaining where I was at. But we are in the middle of like cornfields. I'm, I'm to the left of the corn. <laughs> I, I was honestly doing a bad job. I was like, you know, the entrance, we're like the second road to the right. And he was like, Alyssa, that was terrible. That was a terrible description. Um, Dave Matthews band flashbacks of trying to find someone in the parking lot. I know it's, it's just <laughs> sometimes it just isn't in the cards. So then from the parking lot to actually get into the game, it's like a 10 minute walk. Um, and what I realized is everyone was in the game so early. Like, yeah. like I said, we were there at four, but a lot of people were just inside. They had the free apple pie hot dogs. I gave it the go. It was way too sweet. Uh, just had to had to try it though. I'm glad you at least tried it. I was worried guy, you weren't even going to try it. You got it. If Guy Fieri says it's good, you got to try Fieri it. Creation. Were, if guy Fieri creation. Yeah. You got to give it a go. You got it. You had to, and they were free. And then just like you're walking around and you just see 
so many amazing people, like just left to right. Um, there were more Sox fans than Yankee fans for sure, but there was also a lot of just MLB fans in general, you know, whether it's Minnesota Twins, Royals, Cardinals. Um, so for like an hour and a half, you're just walking around, we're taking pictures, you're taking the pictures coming out of the corn stocks. And so that part was really cool, like everything pregame. And then the big thing everyone was saying is like, you have to be in your seats by 6 p.m. Like that's when you have to be in because there's going to be a pregame show. And some of uh, my White Sox coworkers that got to work the game, I, you know, saw them walking around and they were like, you're going to be so emotional watching this. I was like, well, don't set that up like that because I am going to be emotional. So I was emotional, though, because it was just so cool. Like everyone was silent and Kevin Costner walking out onto the field. Slowest walker ever, but I know that was supposed to be like that. It was so Owning dramatic. the moment. Just owning was, the moment. He's getting up there, too. Like, yeah, it was a little dramatic. But then, you know, they had the Jumbotron showing him like a close up. And like I said, everyone was so just respectful and quiet and no one was like cheering. Everyone was just watching him. And then you're watching him and then the Yankees and the the White Sox walk out. And it was, I've never been a part of something like that. And I think too, um, going to Iowa, I studied uh, a baseball class in school and half of the class was about Field the Dream. So that was just, wow. you know, very nostalgic for me. And then when I was at school, I would always drive home to work White Sox games. I started working at White Sox my junior year. So it was kind of nice to flip the script and actually be driving to Iowa to see the White Sox play. I was like, oh, I feel like this is like my home turf. Not that I mm-hmm. was in Dyersville, Iowa, but I think for me, that was just what made it so special. Um, you know, following the White Sox for so many years and then going to Iowa, being in the middle of nowhere just made it, yeah. you know, just something really special. And everyone really appreciated the game, I felt like. It was, you know, what baseball is, America's pastime, and that's exactly what it felt like. And, and I think that's a, I think that's a great way. Sorry, Matt, to put oh, it. Go ahead, go ahead. Like the appreciation. It definitely felt like um, there was so much more than just the outcome. I work with a lot of Yankees fans here, uh, here out on the East Coast, and you know, yeah, they're bummed. They're in the midst of their own race right now, but like they they walked away. From, and a Yankees fan will never. If they lose, it is finite. Nothing good happens. You know? Right. Like, yes. Nothing, <laughs> and like they were all kind of like you know, and that stunk, but that was awesome. Like there was like yeah. just sort of that awe and appreciation, appreciation for what we, what we did see that. Right. I was going to ask how many takes you, how many times you walked out of the corn to get the perfect Instagram video, Snapchat <laughs> story. How many times, oh, how many honestly, takes? You'd be surprised. Honestly, not that much because it was just like, you're, you're in the moment, take a few pictures. I, as you can tell from the photos, I was so happy. I'm just smiling. Like I'm in the corn, just smiling. I just need just a few here and there. But, no, but I, I did take like a ton of pictures walking like through when you when you're at the movie site, you have to walk through the cornfields to get to the actual field. That's where they had all the cool setups of like the cutouts of the players or just different 1919 Sox logos. Um, they had a big sign that said like, you know, guaranteed right field 266 miles away or two, 226, one of those. But I was taking, I mean, I had my phone out the whole time taking photos. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I Instagram, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. This is you. This is you. Uh, (laughs) I would just say, I decided to Instagram live the beginning of the game. I don't know why I did that, but I saw that Kelly Nash was doing it and I'm very inspired by Kelly Kelly Nash. Naturally, if Kelly Nash is doing it, you have to do it too. That's that's the rule. It said said Kelly Nash was not live and I knew she was at the game. I'm like, you know what? Alyssa Bergamy is going to go live too. Just and going I didn't have the best with Kelly Nash. People have people have made the Matt Rooney Dallas Keuchel uh, comparison. That's true. In the past <laughs> yeah, yeah, as well. yeah. So yep. Big, you know, couple the big beard, arms, couple yeah. big lefty arm, big lefty arm. Yeah, um, I'm a right. Yeah. No, yeah, that, who's, that's, who's counting? Uh, that's just yeah. Who's, who's counting? <laughs> um, no, that that's that's so special that you got to be a part of that and experience it because I don't know, just from like a personal standpoint, I was. Uh, it was obviously appointment television for me. I wasn't going to miss it, but I wasn't necessarily like jacked up about it. I wasn't like butterflies in my stomach about it. And then when they yeah. walked out of the corn, it was like, like you almost, you knew that was coming, but at the same time it just hit me and I got the chills and I was like, this is, um, 
this is cool. This is special. And for it to then be the most watched baseball game uh, regular season since 2005 and for right. know, our for our ball club to be put on display in that way as a team that, you know, ha- has rallied and not quit. And, and then they put that on display the way that they did. Uh, TA coming up big in that spot and just going back and forth. And like, it was the perfect, um, it was the perfect casual viewers game too. It was home runs. It was strikeouts. It was like, there wasn't like a ton of, um, minutia and small ball. It was like, exactly. there's a home run into the corn, score changes. There's a home right. run into the corn, score changes. It was, uh, it was big swings and, and some of the biggest names you're going to see in the game. And it was, it was so much fun just from, from a viewership standpoint, no doubt. They did, I think they nailed it. It sounds like they nailed it on the experience side of it, but they also nailed it on the, on, on the TV product side of it as well, too. Yeah, I went home on Friday and I rewatched the game. I watched the broadcast just because I wanted to see how it looked. And Mm -hmm. it it definitely felt, you know, it was a similar feeling. But I think I obviously since I was there, I was watching it with a different perspective. Um, And I even had so many old professors or friends just text me while I was at the game that aren't necessarily White Sox fans. And they're like, oh, my God, like, I'm so happy you're there. This is so exciting for you and your team. I know, like how much this means to you. And that, that was cool too. Just like people, like you were saying that are not even White Sox or Yankee fans. Yeah. They were able to sit and watch this game on a Thursday night as just, you know, the common fan. I mean, my fiance Shelby is a crazy sports fan. I can get her to sit down and watch anything. Baseball sometimes is a, a tougher ask. Like, Right. We're being out here, being out here, we have SNY, the Yes Network, and I have all the feeds where I'm, I always have the Sox game on. But, you know, yeah. it, it was something where usually we'll watch a few innings of the Yankees game or we'll have the Yankees game on while we're eating dinner. And she'd be like, do we have to watch this? Can we put something else on? Like, can you throw <laughs> that on your laptop? I think she was dialed into this Field of Dreams game. Now, yeah. that might be because um, we do have a – tangential connection to Kevin Costner and there was that angle to it as well. Okay. Um, but no, she was locked into the game, like down to the last strike, like down to the walk off home run. She was dialed into it. So I think it spoke to not just, like you said, not just fans of baseball, even it spoke to just people who are fans of like grand theater, right. how you always call it. And like some of the, some of the best shows you're ever going to get is within the, the crucible of, of sport. And that, that was like, that was non postseason. I don't know if it gets much better than that. You know? It, oh my gosh. I mean, it felt like a postseason game, even the regular season games now, the, these past few games, it's just, the vibe is so different. It's just so electric. I mean, mm-hmm. Matt, we were at the game yesterday and it was a Tuesday night and it was still, you know, people are happy to be there. It, 25,000 it, yes. happy, loud people. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I so, want to ask you about that because I know you've, you've talked to me about it, but the, the vibe at the mm-hmm. game, you said now feel the dreams game wasn't a whole lot of fans. A lot of it was corporate tickets and all that stuff. So I, I know you were kind of saying early on, it was a little bit quiet yeah. and then it kind of progressed. So just talk about the vibe inside of that stadium, because one, 8,000, 9,000 people, it's not going to be the same as 25, 30,000 to sell, but did it kind of progress? Even though I know you're disappointed with it a little bit early on, but kind of as the game went on, as the, the home runs started hitting, as the strikeouts started rolling, did, did, did the crowd kind of pick up a little bit? Yeah, I think what I was saying earlier, I feel like everyone was just being so respectful of just the whole production value of everything. Um, but then once, you know, the players were hitting the home runs into the, the cornfields <laughs> and the balls were just disappearing, like everyone erupted then. It, I think, too, because a lot of people that were there, like Rob Manfred was close by me. You think he's going to be on his feet screaming and cheering? Not really. <laughs> um, the uh, the senator, the Republican senator for Iowa was in the row above me. Like, also, she's not going to be on her feet, you know, screaming at the players. So yeah. that's, I think, why it felt so quiet, because I am so used to Southsider Nation just being insanity constantly. Um, and where I was sitting, it was a little bit more behind home plate. So I feel like maybe along the first and third base side, it was a little bit more rowdy. But yes, as the game progressed, as, you know, there was actually some runs on the board, a lot of, you know, the home runs. Yeah. Then it it was more lively, I would say. I, I texted my boss, who's the manager of game presentation, and he was working the game. So he he's pretty much Gene Honda's go-to guy. So that was another cool thing, like just hearing Gene Honda 
mm-hmm. at the game. I, that that also just gave me chills. And I everyone loves Gene Honda. So I texted my boss, Stan. I was like, why is it so quiet here? And he was like, oh, my God, is the music quiet? And I'm like, no, 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 no. The music's fabulous. The fan base is quiet. And I again, I think it's because there's a lot of more corporate people, yeah. um, season ticket holders, stars everywhere. I mean, I walked to go get a drink and I literally ran into Jim Tomei. And I'm like, hey, Jim. And then you walked out and I see AJ <laughs> Brzezinski. I'm like, hey, AJ, how's it going? Just casual uh, name Kevin, drops. Yeah, Alyssa, Millar, Alyssa, was, um, Alyssa was amongst uh, she was amongst the aristocrats and dignitaries. She was in that segment. <laughs> you know, you know, at Wimbledon when they pan up to like the king queen in the box, she was in that, yeah. she was in that yeah. general area in Iowa. <laughs> like, I honestly kept like getting up to walk around because I'm like, if I stay in my seats the whole time, you don't, you know, you don't really get to see everyone. Like, I, I like mingling at games too. That just, yeah, I have, I have fun with that. Part of your job as well. Yeah. Part of my job. You know, I'm just, I'm just networking. I always got to be networking. So <laughs> that's where I saw the most amount of people. I'm like, oh, I need to go get another vodka lemonade. I'm going to get up. And then I just literally bumping into MLB royalty. So that was another me, really cool part. What'd you say? Mark, I was saying it was me, Mark Cuban, <laughs> Super, super chef Bobby Flay. <laughs> it was everything. <laughs> Just all of them. And, the, and I'm sure and there the were people that I didn't even big. know their names. Is, is the, <laughs> the baseball stadium kind of nerded me? Like when you were like, once you got into the stadium, I know you said you got up to walk around. Was there that much to do or were you kind of locked into, hey, like once I'm in here, like I'm going to get a drink. I'm going to get maybe like a concession, but then you just got to go Matt back was, to the seat. Matt was hoping that there was going to be the pole shower out in left field. Yeah. Like, uh, that's the, concourse pole. the old Comiskey plumbers <laughs> 911.com shower is what it's actually called. Once you're in the stadium, <laughs> got to get that sponsorship in. My apologies. <laughs> um, no, they had like, you know, the porta potties, they had all the food, the drinks, they had a, a nice drink system where you just scan the barcode, order on your phone, you walk up, pick it up. Um, so yeah, not necessarily where the actual field was at. There wasn't much activity going on, but then where the movie site is, like everyone was playing catch. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there was the, the actual, if you build it house and I know that that night there was four guys that they bid on some silent auction. I don't know when they did, but they won it. And it was $25,000. Just a casual $25,000 stay there. So yeah, it was four guys just staying in the field of dreams house. Um, (laughs) So that, that I thought was so cool. Like what a cool auction to win. I know that's a ton of money, but still, once in a lifetime thing, you split it between what's, four. What's you know, the Wi-Fi password here? What's for twenty-five G's? There better be a good Wi-Fi. Coster is cool. That's they it. can sell it. That's it. Um, yeah, and then even when I was leaving the game, um, AJ Brzezinski was on the field, and no one else was on the field, and he was playing catch with his son. And I, I thought that was just pretty cool too, because it was dark. You know, some of the lights were still on. I think he was doing something with Fox at that moment, yeah. but even so, if not, I was like, oh, just, so cool. you know, it was just, it was just, everything was cool. Like one after the next, like every moment I was trying you to soak it in as much as I could, but you I was like, this everyone, feels was having, everyone was having a, a special experience and sort of that, um, that reverence you're talking about that people kind of understood where they were and what was happening. It was, that was just a lot of fun. And I, I don't think that's anything anybody's going to forget for a very long time. Uh, we don't have to go too far down this road, but do you think now from an on-field product, you can't, you can't replicate what we just saw, but from a right. event standpoint, do you think this is repeatable? Do you think that the way they're going about it with having a game each year is, or do you like to kind of make it baseball's winter classic is, is a good idea? Or do you think that this should have been a one-off tear the thing down? It was, it was one for one. Let's leave it at that. Nothing is going to top this game, so I'll say that. And I think we can all way too high. (laughs) We can all agree on that. But if it's going to bring fans to Iowa, Mm -hmm. to a state that doesn't have any professional teams, I'm. I think that's. I'm totally fine with that. And I I think that you know, if Fox wants to come out there once a year and stay in the Hilton Garden Inn in Dyersville, Iowa, and put on that whole production (laughs) again, go for it. And hey, I'll. I'll work it this time if you need to. And I'm just going to lie and say I live in Dyersville next time. But 
mean, like I was saying, a lot of people at the game, they weren't just White Sox or Yankee fans. So I think it would bring like next year. I'm sure there's going to be all the Cub fans. Like everyone from Iowa seems to be just naturally a Cub fan. So I'm sure they're stoked about that. Um, Yeah, I mean, it would be a shame to have that field there and nothing else happens. Yes, you can go visit it, but that's not the same as actually watching a live baseball game. I said, what a perfect setting for the state. They, they, like if I, I was not playing their state championships there for, for baseball, like they're doing something right. that needs to, that needs to be the site for any youth, any high school baseball. They need yeah. to be throwing tournaments out there. It's like just the perfect um, middle of nowhere tournament setting where kids can, you know, have their own memories of that place, uh, not just of that. Right. I think that, I think that they could do a lot with it, but no, I, I agree with you. If it's, if it's good for the game, keep it rolling. Um, you're just not going to get that base. You're just not going to get that game again. That's you just can't expect can't to get compare. that game again. No, no, no. I feel like Matt, watching it again now. Matt, do you want to watch it today? I, I think it might lose. Its, <laughs> I think it might lose its luster a little bit, like from a television standpoint, because one, in terms of TV viewership, like, it doesn't get better than, you know, the White Sox who are one of the best teams in the AL, the New York Yankees who are contending that game, everything that happened, the back and forth having been the first time, but like from a getting fans to the ballpark standpoint, like you said, there's going to be a million Cubs, not a million, but a lot of Cubs fans. There's going to be Reds fans that come down. You're still, I don't think you're ever going to see them have trouble packing that place, you know, the 9,000, whatever, still making a whole bunch of money in Iowa and still, well, it won't have the luster of the first one because this was quite literally how the the perfect scenario major league baseball could have drawn up. I still think you'll still get good viewership because it's a special affair and fans are still who aren't going to be, they're going to want to see their team in it, but it's, it's still going to have that draw. I think to Iowa for all those fans. Alyssa, we, uh, yeah. we can't thank you enough for offering your experience here. But of course. I, I, thank you, I'd guys. Be, I can't believe remiss. I made it on. <laughs> That's it. I, I, told I you. would be remiss if you <laughs> didn't at least pick your brain a little bit about uh, uh, non-Iowa-related White Sox dealings. Um, we do have you here on the okay. pod. So I, I just want to get. I just want to see where you're at with this team right now because um, we're at the point where we're uh, – it's day in, day out. And it's not – it's day in, day out for you, and it's been for the last – however many years, five or so years, six or so years. And you have that, um, you have that foundation of heartache underneath all of this good that we're seeing right now. And I think that um, it's a special time for White Sox fans. I just want to get your, just, I want to take your temperature on where you're most optimistic about this team and where you think they need to over the next two months, really galvanize for a postseason push. I feel like we're in the heart of the schedule right now where we need to be winning against these teams, I know the Yankee series really didn't pan out how we wanted to, mm-hmm. um, you know, great two games against the A's. I don't know who I was listening to on the radio, but it was like, if the White Sox can beat the A's, the Rays, uh, who's next? I know there's the Cubs, which Houston. I feel like we can beat. Yeah. Oh, so I, saying, I feel like in, we're in, in the terms ho- of the coming up. Yeah. Yeah. Like more of the winning team. So I feel like, yeah. you know, we're at a good point where a lot of the guys are back and healthy. I mean, Yasmani Grandal, he's now back in Charlotte, correct? I think that was as of yesterday. Um, So I think now that, you know, we have our core group, our core team, you can just tell that everything's clicking right now. I think they they just have to stay at that pace. Now, I know we're in August. We still have a whole month of September. So I don't want to say anything could happen, but really we know in sports, anything could happen. So they just need to stay afloat. Um, You know, I think their pitching is really what's been dazzling this season even with Ronaldo Lopez yesterday I mean we were at the game yesterday and Matt was like I don't know if we picked a great game to go to with these two starting pitchers versus Ronaldo Lopez he can't play man. Yeah. one on paper wasn't very and good fortunately the other pitcher went down so yeah um I think that worked in our favor actually so yeah I mean it's just been such an exciting season and it's nice to be you know, comfortably in this first place position. But again, you don't want to stay comfortable. You Mm -hmm. still want to, you know, continue to grind it out. We've had, I feel like the Yankees series was not really, aside from the field of dreams, not really the best performance that they needed. But they always, they want to win. You could tell later in the games, you know, they're trying to crawl back and get those wins. So I think Tony La Russa, everyone, I feel like when he was, you know, announced manager, people were kind of, 
not thrilled about it. And Never us. We were, we, were, we, were criti- we, we were critical. We were the whole time. We were so excited. <laughs> See, I was, I was, I was excited, and you know, I feel like a lot of the media was definitely not looking yeah. forward to it, and they were like, "Oh, you know, this is just Jerry's guy," and who cares if it's Jerry's guy? He's, yeah. you know, getting us where we want to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got to be that guy. Yeah, so um, the players was- love him. I think that that was one of my bigger takeaways from the Field of Dreams weekend was, you know, a lot going on, this and that, but Liam Hendricks, before he blows the save, standing in the bullpen and saying, I came to Chicago because yeah. TLR was here, that this is, he's the right. reason I'm here. I was like, okay, well, that, it's worked. Like that, that was, um, that, that was something I was not aware of until he said that um, on the broadcast. So, the, you know, right. like you said, a lot of things working in the right direction right now. Just got to, build momentum properly here and peak at the right time towards the end of the season, yes. because I, I put our roster and I put our pitching staff up against anybody. We, we yeah. were talking about to you, like Tony too. Like, I think we we're obviously a little critical of the hire. Like everybody was. And I think the biggest knock was, is he going to be able to identify with the players? Will the players like him? He's old. They're this young and up and coming fun team. And you can not just hear from what people say about what Liam Hendricks is saying to reporters or what Adam Engel's saying on a podcast, but like, when Gavin Sheets hits a walk-off home run, like Gavin Sheets is going to run and hug Tony LaRusso. When Eloy hits that game yeah. winner in, in <laughs> Kansas City, the other uh, is his first week. Uh, his first week back after the mm-hmm. game, he's going and running and hugging Tony LaRusso. Like the worries about whether or not these guys are going to jail. He he's connected. connected with them a hundred percent. He knows he knows how to get connected, get in touch with the locker room, and I think that issue has been very. What no matter how you feel about his managerial job this year there's no doubt that that issue is a non-issue now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Matt, uh, you know, you brought us in, so. I, I got one more. I got one more. Only, that's okay. okay. Oh, no. Swing away. Swing away. Why are you Meryl. saying, oh, no, it's a good question. Jeez. <laughs> Sounds like a setup. I'm pr- No, I was just going to ask, you know, this is this is what, your third or fourth year as the in-game host? Fourth, correct? Yeah, fourth, you've worked, yeah. You've been working for the White Sox at games for nine years now. I, I think yes. this special. Nine years. I sold you short with six. Sorry. So she's been oh yeah, my part of she's was on, on the Pride Crew since 2013. Got the DMC job four years ago. Just get, get to yep. know Joe. Get to know the friends of the pod. Um, <laughs> what's it like? I follow, for, subscribe on LinkedIn. Like, you took over this team <laughs> right at the beginning of a rebuild, and now, like, you you, you were front and center of all these fans going through literally the dark ages, the rebuild, the 5,000 fans at a Sox Royals game night with, you know, right. Yonder Alonzo hitting cleanup for him. Like what's it like to actually see like 40,000, you know, 25,000, 30,000, 40,000 people, people getting rowdy, like the park filled every night and like actually having a good team, seeing the fruits of these labor kind of come to fruition. Yeah. I always, tell people, I'm like, I, I always loved my job at White Sox, like even in the worst of years. And now that they're good, I'm just simply obsessed. I mean, Matt could attest to this in every game. I'm just like, so I'm so excited to be there. Like, I know it's my job, but you know, my job is to also just enhance everyone's, you know, overall game day experience. Mm -hmm. And that's so simple to do now because everyone wants to be there. I mean, the amount of people that have just reached out that I don't know <laughs> that has me for tickets, which is just now my pet peeve at this point. But I, I appreciate the bandwagon fans. I, I always would say, I'm like, if you guys want to be, a, you know, a fan of the White Sox, I'm open arms. Come on in. Like, you can come to Guaranteed Rate Field. Hey, so can you get me on the Jumbotron and the fifth Everyone, inning? looking at you, Mike Rooney. Mike We're, Rooney not, naming on the We're not naming names, Mike Rooney. <laughs> Mike, I will, I will get you on the Jumbotron. Don't worry. But... Uh, it just has been simply so refreshing this year. And um, I think also coming off of just no fans last year, not being at the ballpark, it's almost like everyone got that reboot. Even me, I just, I, I feel just more confident there. And just, it comes, it always came naturally, but now it's just really coming naturally. Cause I'm like, Hey, we're at this MLB stadium. You know, we all missed this last year. We're in first place. The team is good. Let's keep it going. So, I mean, fans, my one negative has been fans have been really, really, really rowdy, like to the yeah. point where they're just animals. And yeah. my mic, my mic is hot a lot. Like before I do a hit, my boss and like Gene Honda, they can hear what people say to me. And there's been some people that just say whatever they want. Yeah, we're going to have some, just to we're get, gonna, we're going to need some extra security. Yeah, just to get, uh, like they just see a camera and a girl with a microphone and they just want, like they'll just be like, I can answer this trivia question. I'm like, 
not doing trivia. I'm not like I, this is not even anything contestant based right now. Or they'll be like, went from, this guy, this guy knows the answer. I'm like, what answer? You went from trying to manufacture excitement at the stadium to now trying too much. to like. Now you're trying to just like manage yeah. personalities. Yeah, I'm like, all right, I'm stepping aside from you. Like the camera guys are always take a little take a step a little bit to the left. I'm like, oh, so we're there now where people are just overly pumped, which is fine. But, you know, especially the later innings when there are the later hits that I couple, do and uh, everything is live. So, you know, what churros, happens, couple happens. MGDs deep and uh, yeah. out of hand. And now there's Malort shots at the ballpark. And like, that's you know, never a good every, idea. everyone's uh. just <laughs> a hot mess, but having the best time. So I'm not, you know, bringing anyone down, but they're just this year. It's been you know, I might need to bring some pepper we'd, spray out is what I'm saying. We'd say act like you've been there before, but <laughs> we haven't. They, haven't, they haven't really been there in a while. They so, haven't uh, been there. And I think that's also that, the issue. It's that reacclimation process fine. that oftentimes has growing pains. Yeah. Yes, yes. It's all good. And I can't even imagine October. Knock on wood. We'll be there. We'll be there in October. You can start to we'll be, imagine. We'll be there. Knock on wood. All right. Um, imagine it. Alyssa, I, I appreciate you joining the pod. Joe, do you, do you have anything you, final, finally before we wrap up the interview here? No, thank you so much for uh, for taking the time. We're, we're wishing you the best out there at the ballpark. Uh, keep this team rolling in the right direction, and you're always welcome here on the podcast. I'll do my best. Thanks, guys. This was just so much fun. I, I'm happy I made it on. Thank you for, you know, I, it's, it's a shame you were such a difficult guest to book, but once we got I you, know. you were, you're just so pleasant to have on the pod. So I appreciate it. I got another podcast today too. You're, you're lucky you caught me first. We wow. got you first. We got to get this Knock out. Wow. Knock <laughs> Sick humble I'll tweet, you, I'll tweet you out first. Oh, appreciate that. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, there she is. The lovely, beautiful, talented, everything. Alyssa Bergamini. Wow. Thank you for I know. So sweet, Matt. Anderson. All right, so there it is, your Field of Dreams wrap-up. Can't thank Alyssa enough for making the time uh, and dealing with two boneheads like us. Uh-huh. Uh, fantastic stuff. Great scenes out there. Unfortunately, uh, it has been announced that the Cubs and the Reds will uh, play the role of uh, the encore performance next season. I, I just – Matt, the only thing, like my only gripe on it would be should have played all three there. I, I know that probably would have been a crazy undertaking to – house two professional teams and their and their um everything that goes along with it all, all the different um people that do are part of the traveling party with these teams in Dyersville, iowa and other mm-hmm. things that would have gone along with it but uh the bar has been set here matt uh i think that uh it's going to be a hard uh, hard act to follow uh next year in, in iowa yeah it's it's it was a strange choice to bring like if this were 2017, I would have seen going with the Cubs and the Reds. It's a strange, and probably this decision was made before the, the sell-off and all that. Things were probably the wheels were probably in motion. But going to the Cubs and then also a team like the Reds. I know there's some history there, but it's not like this. It's not the Yankees. It's not the White Sox. Who you know the movie was based off. It's a very strange choice to go to these two. And I know the Cubs have a big. Oh, okay, so in you're. Iowa. But so you're poking you're poking holes in like the uh, the cinematic uh, knot of the of, of I, tip of the cap here. I kind of think that because I'm, I'm I don't think I'm just saying this because I'm a White Sox fan. Maybe I am, but I think the fact that Field of Dreams is a, t- a movie based off the White Sox, it should almost be like Thanksgiving Day, you know, Thanksgiving game with the wow, Cowboys and the so Lions. Is, I think it should be a White Sox home. So game. this is this is hallowed ground for the White Sox I, only. Is what, I, is what I, that really? I, I think it should be the White Sox versus. Road rotating opponent that's just me um i think it helps that they're you know they're obviously local so fans can get there easily um mm-hmm. but i just i think it's a Sox movie i think the Sox should be in it every year that said i just i think this cubs reds choice is it's a strange one given where the cubs are at and even the reds are you know kind of a middling team in that division anyways and the cubs are staring a rebuild in the face you're going to have rafael ortega leading the cubs out of the out of the cornfields next year yeah i um I don't even want to go go too deep down the uh, the Cubs road right now because of how bleak it is. Uh, they've had their second ten plus game losing streak. I believe they're on was it twelve now? Yeah, 12 or, or they won last uh, night. I believe they right? won last night, but it was it was twelve, it was 12. prior to. Um, so just tough times uh, on the north side right now, and it's a it's unfortunate because it doesn't have to be this or that. It doesn't have to 
one or the other. I, mm-hmm. I, I would, I long for a time when the Cubs and the Sox can uh, can just entertain the idea of seeing each other uh, in the big one. And it's just not the, it's just not that. Okay. Caught Matt, caught Matt mid coffee right there. We caught Matt mid coffee. You did catch me mid coffee. That's okay. It's more. It's the morning. It's nine forty-five. Everybody else is probably having some coffee too. Um, yeah. Should we get into buy some buy or sell? Yeah, I think so. We got some other topics to touch on here, and we're going to address them here in buy or sell. Matt, let's begin uh, with the Bears. Um, buy or sell? Uh, what you saw out of Justin Fields here preseason week one was enough to change that depth chart, or do you need to see more? It's. I. Th- I think I'm at the point where I think he should be the starter because he's better than. Andy Dalton clearly not that Andy Dalton's bad I think he's better than what they've had the last couple of years but I'm also at the point where I might want to see what that offensive line looks like before I throw Justin Fields behind it Very one point, against man. one of the best pass rushes in, in football as badly yep. as I want to see Justin Fields being the guy to come out to lead the Bears out of the tunnel on Sunday Night Football in LA like I'm a little bit worried that I, I like the interior of the line. Obviously, I, honestly, I think Sam Mustafer was good last year. I think you have two Pro Bowl caliber guards next to him. But you just don't really know what you're getting out of the outside and, and until that's a little bit shirt up. A little, I, I'm a little bit worried about just throwing Justin Fields to the Wolves. Maybe you give that line a few weeks to gel and get their feet underneath them and throw Andy Dalton to the Wolves, and then you go with Justin Fields. But Fields is getting reps with the ones in camp, it's starting to seem like, so at least they're they're – progressing him that way which i think is a good sign and i do like seeing that but i think yeah, i'd probably I, sell it now until we see the offensive line i really couldn't agree with you more because um not to be negative about this bears team because there's a lot to be happy about we we uh get to see glimpses of justin fields and his just his pocket presence and his capabilities out there during the preseason and um it gives us a lot of hope and i think it immediately when you're a Bears fan, that immediately alters expectation. It's like, we got a quarterback, let's go to the playoffs. Um, not that it's uh, scripture coming out of Vegas, but five and a half wins as the win total. Vegas usually doesn't miss by too many, and the Bears are looking at one of the top three toughest schedules in the NFL this season. Uh-huh. Um, running him out there early, I'm not sure it accomplishes anything. Maybe uh, we end up with an extra win or two uh, if you're talking about a full schedule of Justin Fields as opposed to a full schedule of Andy Dalton. But what are what is the end goal this season? Uh, you always want to play the best football possible and you always want to have your best guys on the field. But if you're putting long-term success in jeopardy because of that, like you're saying here with, with a rookie quarterback running for his life, not just putting him physically in jeopardy, but putting his development in jeopardy. You know, uh-huh. right Right now it's a very calm, poised young man in that pocket – um, you play a few weeks against the Rams. You play a week against the Browns early in the season. You see those types of pass rushes, and those happy feet can download into that brain, and then you can carry those happy feet into a matchup with the Lions in Week Four. You know, it's not uh, it, it's not going it's not without um, it's not without issue putting Justin Fields in the wrong situation. So I'm of the same belief right now that I'd love to see him Week Four against the Lions because I think we're going to realize by then that. Um, He's the guy, and that's what we need. I think we're going to realize that far before then, um, if he remains healthy and, and keeps doing what he's doing here in the preseason. But um, I think we just need to temper expectation. We need to really be reasonable about the timeline. And it's not like we're trotting out. I feel like we have this um, we have this perception of Andy Dalton right now that is, you know, he's just – it's Andy Dalton, it's Nick Foles, it's one person that's mm-hmm. the same way. You know, Andy Dalton's won a lot of football games bad team. And Andy Dalton's won a lot of football games. He's gone to the playoffs a couple times with a really bad franchise. Andy Dalton didn't look great last year as a Dallas Cowboy. I'm not saying he's going to look great this year as a Chicago Bear, but it's not like we're trotting out somebody who's incapable of playing the position um, week one, if that's who it's going to be week one. So... I'm still of the uh, I'm still of the tempered expert expectation. Give the kid time uh, point of view, but you know the the way I posed the question on air a, a couple of days ago after Fields' performance on Saturday was, um, you know, is this if Matt Nagy gets two more weeks of that type of film, does he even have a decision to make, or does he have to put Justin Fields in? Because if he doesn't put Justin Fields in, then you're 
not putting the best players on the field. You're not putting your team in the best situation to win football games, and you're putting your job in jeopardy. So I, I just don't know how it all adds up uh, when, when we get to September what ninth or no, that's game one. So September twelfth mm-hmm. against uh, against the Rams. It's. It's not a choice that I'm very envious of because if that happens, I do feel like you kind of find yourself in, I don't want to say a no-win scenario because you still have Justin Fields and he has looked this good, but at the same time, you know you do really kind of have to throw him into the fire and it might not, well, it might be putting the team in the best chance, giving the team the best chance to win. You might not be giving Justin Fields the best chance to succeed early on in his career. Not that he won't long term, but again, mm-hmm. like we're talking about, if if you don't know what you have out of that offensive line, if Jason Peters is still too slow, which he's thirty nine and, and a left tackle, that's very possible. Um, if you know the, the interior offensive line isn't all that healthy, if if Larry Borum doesn't come back, and even then you're relying on a fifth round draft pick at right tackle, you might not be putting Justin Fields in the best chance, the best position to succeed, which is. No main responsibility of the head coach outside of giving the team the best chance to win. So it's it's a tough decision, but again, I think they're pretty comfortable in that locker room, in that front office, knowing that this year is kind of a development year. Not that they don't want to win football games, not that they don't want to take advantage of that defense, but they know that they have to let their quarterback do some growing in that offensive line as well. And I think next year's probably the chance where they're going to see themselves, you know, with, with a chance to actually go and win something serious. Big wins over little wins. Big wins over little wins. I think that's what it is. Um, Matt, you got one? Um, I do. What, what would you like? Would you like which, no, no, I was, I was thinking about which one I wanted to go. Uh, would you like to go baseball or golf? I mean, we are a golf podcast. I don't think we've ever claimed to be a baseball podcast, so. A golf. That's fair. That's fair. We're not a baseball podcast. We're a golf. We haven't, podcast. Been, we haven't been branded as such. That's you true. Know, PGA, PGA Tour is aware of us. Well, I just hey, that's that's also fair. I, I, this is pretty simple. It's the, the FedEx Cup is starting this year. Sorry, this year, this weekend, uh, Thursday. I, I think we've done this before. Just about every around, but buy or sell the interest in the FedEx Cup, Joseph. Oh my God, buy! I, I know we make fun of it all season because it's like this arb, not arbitrary but it's this um, aside point system that isn't mm-hmm. really the uh, the focus. The focus is the majors. The focus is the um, winners week to week. No one's really like, no one's really running graphics other than CBS during the broadcast of the FedEx Cup standings throughout the season. You know, they flash mm-hmm. it up during the broadcast just so you're aware at the end of things. And that's that. But now is the time when we have that conversation and you kind of look at it and say, oh man, that guy had a good season early on, like Patrick Cantlay's third overall in FedEx Cup standings. When's the last time Patrick Cantlay has really contended on a Sunday? Um, so I think there are some flaws to the system, system, excuse me, but to answer your question, I wholeheartedly buy it. It's great golf on really solid courses in cool cities with the best players in the world. Like, you don't need to sell me any further than that. Um, you want to call it the FedEx Cup? You want to call it the Rooney Cup? You want to call it the Cuppy Coffee? Like, call it what you want. It's just like going to be a lot coffee. of fun. It's going to be good golf. It's going to be good golf with um, with big checks at the end of it. These are all million six plus, I think, these tournaments are paying, and then $15 million at the end of it. So you know it's going to be um, – it's going to have the full – attention of those guys at East Lake uh, for the final week of it. Like we often knock guys like DJ and Brooks and um, you know, some other guys for just being big game hunters that only bring their big bat major weeks. Mm-hmm. And um, this has a sum of that in it just because of the monetary prospects that these guys are looking at $15 million. I don't care if you're Tiger Woods who has a hundred million dollars plus on tour. I don't care if you're Dustin Johnson who's got $75 million plus earned on tour. Um, that That's big money. That's 15 million is nothing to scoff at. That'll, uh, that'll freshen you right up. So I think that aspect of it is very, intriguing and I, I really just I really you always have my full attention when you assemble the best in the world at anything um, so you have my full att- except the Pro Bowl um, you have my that's, full attention here well that's not always <laughs> the best in the world exactly um, you have my full attention here because this week at Liberty National in Jersey City is the best field in the history of golf in terms of world golf ranking not a major not the players this is the best that it's ever been Total world golf ranking is you're getting a full field out there. So you're going to see John Rahm and you're going to be able to measure him up against Dustin Johnson and Bryson and JT 
tea and spieth. It's just, it's the ultimate measuring stick. And that's why you can call it what you want. I, I'm fully locked in. Yeah, I obviously I'm never going to get as into it as I will the Masters, the British Open, the US Open, the PGA to an extent. But when it comes to like the, you know, the tournaments we're turning into every weekend, of course I'm going to get pretty interested in this one because what you brought up, the monetary value, the, the monetary prize for these guys is so much higher that it, while it might not have that intensity to us, you're going to see those guys play with the intensity of a major tournament. And I think that you, you kind of build off that as a fan watching that. You can kind of sense that the, the heightened intensity from those guys. So yeah, anytime that the purse is going to be that big and keep on growing, and like, like you said, once we get to East Lake, it's at $15 million. Like. That's a lot of money. That that's guys playing with major intensity. That's guys wanting to win and not, you know, I don't want to say going through the motions like they do sometimes on a, for these random, you know, weekly tournaments wherever, but there's going to be more intensity. There's going to be more of a major feel to it on the course from those guys even though we might not have the the same feeling intensity in in, in our heads. It's it's still going to be fun to watch them have it. Man, I feel like I'm I feel like I'm like twisting your arm to watch the Northern Trust this weekend. I feel oh, like no. you're not, I, oh, no, no, no. I feel in. like I don't believe you. I don't believe you at all. I, I, I will probably have the White Sox on over the Northern Trust, but after the White Sox, I will have some Northern Trust on. Absolutely. Right. Well, we gotta, we gotta get you, we got you, get, gotta get you rearing to go here because if you want to frame this in terms of a event that means a whole bunch to you, there's a lot to figure out with the U.S. Ryder Cup team here That's over fair. the next three weeks too. We got people, I, cl- got people clamoring for Kevin Kisner after that win last week because he's a match play monster and he's the type of laid back dude that you need in the room that the U.S. doesn't have. And he can uh, putt. Putting he can put his He can put his brain out. Like he can put just put the lights out of it. And I mean, you have your you have your top six just about locked in. But from we we talked about it from seven to. Man, 18, you got some decisions to make there, Strix. Yeah, that was actually going to be a – I was I was thinking about throwing that out as a buy or sell question, but I, I went with just the, the generic FedEx Cup. We got a month. Right? We got a month. I, we do, and then we'll we'll get into much more of a full Ryder Cup preview probably. Yeah, once, so you can tell everyone how, how you got stuff. the hospitality tent lined yeah. up. You didn't v- invite v- me, it's, it's, but it's you're going to be – It's the VIP tent, actually. Just get VIP right. tent. Yeah, yeah, VIP tent. Well, yeah, well, it's, it's that, tough for you to make that, that name. That name is a far, far misnomer if Matt Rooney's walking around. I, yeah, I said it. I yeah, couldn't I disagree. It. Co-host and executive producer in the Moose and Roots podcast. It's golf thought Joe. We deserve to be in the VIP. As, as long as your credential says that, you need that. You need a credential on that says. I, that. If I don't get that, I will just like put a sticky note with that on. Perfect. There. Perfect. And in quotes, rope. we're a golf pod. Represent us properly here. Um, being a golf pod, uh, Matt, I think we've I think we've touched upon this week, but uh, we do have to uh, get to some White Sox baseball outside of the field of dreams. Here, um, we do have to talk about uh, this team that's you know rounding into form, but still since the All Star break is just a bit over five hundred. Mm-hmm. Buyer, you know, buy or sell this last week. We've seen some issues. We've seen uh, with the issues. Issues stemming from the field of dreams and Liam Hendricks blowing a save. Uh, after that, you have that back end of the bullpen get touched up by the Yankees a couple times. So stress-free win there on Tuesday uh, against uh, against the A's. And you know thoughts going out to Chris Bassett here, who uh, who wore that one off the face, and then that kind of that kind of just took the A's out of the game yeah. mentally, physically, and otherwise. So I don't read too far into that ball game either. But um, you know, buy or sell the product the Sox been putting out lately here as as you try and peek towards playoff time. It was. First off, we were uh, Alyssa and I were there for that one last night. She was off, and of course, on her off night, she wanted to go to a White Sox game. Of course, um, it, fantastic. I'll take it. But that was a all time scariest moment I think I've experienced at a stadium. That was terrifying. Kind of hear it. You could see him go down. So thought, thoughts and prayers with him, obviously. And it's nice to see that uh, he's going to need surgery and stuff. But the vision's okay, and it seems like the worst, you know, didn't happen, and he's he's going to end up being fine after a little while. Um, I'm. I don't know where my concern level is with the White Sox because I know there's a lot of good teams in the AL. I still think they're one of the best ones. I know their record against uh, winning teams isn't fantastic, but it's not like terrible either. They're competitive in all their games except for that one series in Houston. I'd be lying if I said I, I wasn't a tad worried about you know the offense's tendency to just kind of go through these dormant spells. But getting Eloy back and having him hitting how he's hitting, having Luis Robert come yeah. back and, and hitting like a superstar, I 
I tend to think that some of these teams are just kind of, or some of these guys on the team are going through just a little bit of the dog days of summer. And I, I, I think they'll be there on October. I was a little bit worried about the bullpen. Uh, after Hendricks got the save Monday night against Oakland, he was t- in the post game interview was mentioning to, to Len and Stoney that, um, they, they noticed something that he was tipping his fastball against the Yankees. So I, I guess I'm going to give him the, the benefit of the doubt of, the, of a few more outings here and see if he kind of has that corrected. He did look good Monday night against Oakland. Um, I, I kind of hope that's the case. Craig Kimbrell kind of figured it out. I, I'm I'm concerned, but at the same time, I don't see any other team in the AL as this world beater that's that much better than the White Sox that the White Sox can't beat in four games. Yeah. Um. I am seeing uh, four times not beat in four. Games. No, no, no. I, I hear what you're saying, and I'm sorry. My I stopped oh, listening. I'm reading uh, reading That's some updates here from John kind of Heyman it. on Chris Bassett. Uh, it's a substantial. Uh, uh, he, excuse me. He sustained a fractured cheekbone and upper jawbone fracture. Uh, surgeries in three to five days after swelling subsides. All other scans are clean. So, uh, most vitally, vision is twenty twenty. Is yeah. what John Heyman is reporting right now. I think so, that's the one I saw um, this morning. Yeah, yeah, just uh, really unfortunate. But um, that is uh, that is about the. I don't want to say it's the best news he could have gotten, but it did look like that ball caught him low with the eye. I mean, that hits him two inches higher. He's he's blind. He's blind in his right. He's blind in his right eye. He's his orbital bones destroyed. They're restructuring his face. Um, mm-hmm. It hit him. It hit him where you want to get hit in the face, and that's the cheek. You get hit in the eye, that's breaking your orbital bone. You get hit in the chin, you're going out cold. Like you get hit in the temple, you're asleep on the mound. Like the fact that he was not out. I know we saw a whole bunch of blood, and there was some stitches apparently too that had to uh-huh. um, that had to be administered there. But um, yeah, just thinking of him because that's uh, you know to, to take it back to the game here. And I know this is an issue bigger than the game, but. Um, the A's are in the midst of a wild card race. That's their ace. Um, he needs to win out of the sales. He's having a Cy Young type year too. Maybe not yeah, full so season, just, but the last like month, he's been a Cy Young type guy. A tough show, and that's why. Um, that's why I never like pitching. You know, that's why I always was in fear of being that close to the batter. And when mm-hmm. you're talking about professionals and guys turning baseballs around. We don't see it more. Um, I saw two other guys yesterday that could have been in the same situation that avoided ball, avoided a ball by the, by a hit. Um, so I, I think that um, you know I'm not trying to get to a greater point here, but um, we're, we're thinking about Chris Bassett. Yeah, thoughts and prayers to him. Hopefully he gets he gets right. And um, yeah, I, I think I got one more um, for you. Before before you do, just okay. uh, kind of back to the to the greater point here about the White Sox. Sure. I, I'd follow up and ask you who scares you the most in the AL. Because I, I don't know why I don't know why, and I've watched a lot of it, and I've and I've seen a lot of them, and I kind of wrote them off after Glass now went away, but they haven't gone away. The Rays make no sense to me, and they're going to be there again. I I'll get back to you after the, I, that three games. The Sox have a three game series in Tampa that I'm kind of interested yeah. to see. But you're right, the Rays are going to be them be there. I just it's hard for me to believe in that rotation too much um, because they just haven't they haven't been. Great. I, I just I don't I know they're they're playing great team baseball. It does worry me that they got Nelson Cruz and that he's going to hit some sort of massive home run against the Sox in the playoffs because <laughs> that's just meant to happen. That's but I, I want to say the Astros because I truly think they're just the White Sox and the Astros are the two best teams in the American League right now. It shouldn't be the New York Yankees, and they might not make the playoffs. But for just for some reason, that the, seems like a team. They're the hottest that has, team in baseball. They're the hottest team in baseball right just, now, Matt. It's they have a, the best record since July seventh. They it's a team that has the White the Sox ball. number. They're, yeah, that, I don't that, think that they're. I don't think that their bullpen is anything to worry about. But to your point, it's just like why are we one and zero in Iowa and zero and five everywhere else? Against yeah, the New York. I mean, that's this year. that's a it's a. They've just seemed to have like in the, they're playing these close games too, like the three in New York where the Yankees swept. Like they were all close games. I think I believe the Yankees walked off two of them. One of them was a, a go ahead home run. That's a home run in you know, one of thirty two parks. It was Yankee Stadium. But like it, it, they're just finding ways to win games late, even when the Sox seem to grab momentum. Like the other night, Abreu ties it with two outs in the ninth on a full count, and then the Yankees go on and put up four in the the top of the tenth. Like. Just they're they're winning in all different ways in these close games against the Sox, and it's it's just uh, it, it's irritating. It's kind of poking you. So I, I think the Yankees might be it. 
not because I think they're the best team, but because right now they're just the team that's freshest in my that mind. Having, with the most, having yeah. the Sox number for some reason, for whatever reason, even though in years past that really hasn't been the case. Yeah, it's uh, you know there's some teams floating out there. I think that Houston takes a hit here with Correa going back to the IL, um, but. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun just being in the mix down the stretch, seeing how it all goes down. Let's just hope the Blue Jays get hot and the Red Sox <laughs> figure things out. They hold off the Yankees in the last month. That'd be nice. Wouldn't be bad at it. But, um, you know, work is better when the Yankees are good because they've got a bunch Fair of enough. pinstripe fans out here. So I, I find myself pulling for them when they're not playing the White Sox. That's fair. And you, you got to like Anthony Rizzo now that he – I've always liked – I always liked him as a Cub, but now I can actually root for him since he's not there. So I, I And he's for him expected well. to be back today or, today or tomorrow, I believe. Good so. for him. I also saw a quote from, I think, Luke Voigt today saying he deserves to play as much as Rizzo. So it's going to be interesting to see how that – Yeah, that was after the game last up. night. He's like – He's like, I deserve to play just – I was like, that's a weird adversarial way to go about it. Obviously, Voight's been hitting good. He's hitting like 460 over his last five games with a couple of dingers, a bunch of ribbies. Um, he's really um, performing now that there's someone you know, to challenge taking him. his position. Yeah. yeah. But um never hurts to have more bats in the lineup, but you just got to have everybody play nice. That was a weird way for Voight to go about it for sure. It's a very strange quote. But all right, I got one more before we wrap up here. We're gonna it's coming full circle. We're gonna go back to the Bears. And it's mm-hmm. not necessarily a buy or sell, but it's kind of like a where are you at one to ten on the worry meter. Um, with Tevin Jenkins going down with the back surgery. He hasn't really pr- – I think he practiced like one day and had the back issue and has been out and now getting surgery. Where are you at with him? Um, I don't know where to be at with him. We haven't seen him. I don't know what he is. Uh, I am a nine worried that here, – here's how, here's how I'll say it. I'm once again a full nine or ten worried – that this was not seen and assessed in pre-draft. I, I don't know what to think about the kid, but but we've seen this front office before and we've seen some of their decision-making and where they've fallen short in drafts and where they've um, you know left plenty to be desired. And pre-draft analysis tells you a lot. Uh-huh. What did we know about this kid's back before we put his name on the card? Like because because we weren't drafting for we weren't drafting to develop a tackle we were drafting to change our offensive line to have people ready to go um, would would we have been better off taking the kid from Bama Leatherwood is he going to be a pick and plug for the next ten years no problem don't have to worry about it and we erred on the side of you know the the big friendly bear uh, in Tevin Jenkins who. Um, who showed all this promise and maybe he's going to be great, but we do have to worry about a back issue. And let's just sit, let's just throw that back issue aside and draft it. Like, like where, what was the decision-making process? That's where my biggest concern comes from because this wasn't something he sustained at camp. Was it like, this was, this is a pre-existing thing. I, I, I want to say for whatever reason, I remember him practicing like the first day like or something one day. like that one day or two. So I mean, Unless he really just fucked up his back in one day, it's probably something that was lingering. But yeah, I, I, I don't, I, I don't want to say I'm like a million percent worried about him yet because you, he is a rookie. He's young. They're they're getting this out of the way now. And Nagy's even saying, you know, hopefully we have him back at some point this season. He doesn't think it's a lost season. But at the same time, backs with awesome backs, of, backs with backs with anybody. Season the NFL season's five months long now. Fair I enough. hope we have him. I hope we have him back at some point. But you, you, you talk about a back injury for anybody. It, it's always kind of well, what's going to happen there? Those tend to linger. Those don't t- don't tend to go away. You talk about a back injury with an offensive lineman. That's that's you know I, I think back injuries on steroids because that's just with how big those guys are. Those things don't tend to just go away so I hope it's not something that lingers throughout the career and I hope it's just something that maybe he's just bothered by and it's not something super serious but yeah I think I think the red flag has to be up despite all the promise he showed you know on the on film and all that with the red flag has to be up with the evaluation process and just him now in general when he's going to be able to get back out there just you know just don't be the Jets you know and I'm not talking about being two and 14 I'm not talking about excuse me two and 15 this year don't be the Jets in the sense that you continue to go out and draft quarterbacks who might be good who might help your franchise and have nothing around them and have mm-hmm. no have no security for them in front have no weapons for them outside don't be the damn Jets is what I'd say to the Bears uh, front office right now because the the talent evaluation and the 
ability to spot these things before they happen and avoid these things, avoid these types of people and these types of players that might be coming in with pre-existing injuries. Like you need, you need proven, you need people that have proven that they can stay on the football field. Um, people that not only can protect your quarterback and allow him to flourish and allow him to develop, but someone who's going to be there and you don't have to worry about it. It's, it's it's continually been the musical chairs of an offensive line for the last five years, whether it's Kyle Long getting hurt, friend of the podcast, we love him. Um, he's working back from an injury right now as a Kansas City Chief. Whether it's uh, uh, Leno going down week in, week out. Like it's just, uh-huh. it's just exhausting. Go out and get some guys who are battle-tested, who can be out there. And yes, I understand it's NFL football, and there are going to be injuries that hold guys out. This doesn't sound like that. Like, no, I, like, I just I don't know. You're gonna have offense. Uh, my, my default, my default is to point the fingers at the front office, and I don't think we're wrong in doing so again at this. In this no, I think it's it, they're guilty until proven innocent at this point because not that's just the reputation they've earned. I mean, they, they're not they don't deserve the benefit of the doubt right now. That can change as time goes on if they're here long enough to give themselves a chance. Obviously, Justin Fields, that pick seems to have helped that. But right now, I'm with you. They they are. They deserve the blame until I've been shown a reason that they don't deserve the blame, if that makes sense. No, it does. It does. Um, but uh, hoping that Tevin Jenkins get back in the short term, that everything goes smoothly here. And it's a small procedure on the on the back because we tend to root for guys with back injuries here uh, on the Moose and Moose podcast. You know, we, 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 we waited out a Tiger uh, back situation multiple it's times. true. I guess we'll sit here and wait for the for the greatest tackle of all time, uh, Kevin Jenkins. I say that tongue in cheek. <laughs> I can't wait for it. Uh, you got anything else for the people here, Matt? Uh, one week closer to football, people. One week, one closer. week closer to football. Matt's jacked up in the FedEx Cup playoffs. A lot to get to next week on the Moose Moons Podcast, episode one nineteen. But for now, he is Matt. I am Joe. She is Alyssa, and we thank her for stopping by. This has been the Moose and Moons Podcast. Talk to you guys next week. May God give you for every storm a rainbow, for every tear a smile, for every care a promise, and a blessing in each trial. I swear I've seen a lot of stuff in my life, but that was awesome.